Welcome to The Trail Ahead, conversations at the intersection of race, environment, history, culture, and the outdoors. We're your hosts, Faith and Addie. We bring on folks from all walks of life to have real, authentic, messy dialogue that can lead to tangible change. This week's guest is Chelsea Murphy. Chelsea is an educator, advocate, mother, and founder of the Instagram handle She Colors Nature and a collaborator with Brave Space Media. She's encouraging a more inclusive and equitable outdoor community while celebrating and representing Black motherhood in the midst of a dominant culture. We talk about her evolving relationship with the outdoors, finding herself at the forefront of a growing community, and her outdoors-oriented mothering philosophy. Take a listen and enjoy Chelsea Murphy on the trail ahead. Welcome to the Trail Ahead, Chelsea. <laughs> We're so happy to have you on. <laughs> Thank you for the invitation. I really appreciate it. I've loved the podcast so far, so I'm happy to be a guest now. Switching yeah. roles. Uh, we were sad not to be in person with you up in Leavenworth recently, preparing for the video that will go along with this episode, but it looked so fun and I got to see some adorable videos of you and Amari out in the river. But before we jump into that, would you introduce yourself however you want to introduce yourself today? Yeah, thanks. So my name's Chelsea Murphy. I am the face behind She Colors Nature on Instagram. And I'm a mother, a community builder, an advocate, a creative in the outdoor space. And I inspire Black mothers and children to get outdoors. I, so I have three kids now, and my, one of my biggest goals is to know that they feel comfortable in the outdoors because that's not the way that I grew up. And so we love to hike and camp and mountain bike and just exist outdoors in the mountains that we live in. Awesome. No, it's so cool. And you, you probably already know this about the podcast, but we ask every guest what the term what the phrase playing outside means to them and i'm particularly excited to ask you this question what does the phrase playing outside mean to you oh gosh i am such a weirdo when it comes to getting outdoors there's something about being outside and in the mountains and in the forest that just ignites this child inside of me and i think again i would have loved to have you guys with us this past weekend because i'm sure that you would have been able to feel it but we just love being in nature there's something about just like being outside and stepping outside of our four walls that again i can feel just so much joy and passion through nature that just makes me i feel like a different person which is why i go outside all the time because i like who i am when i go outside but we could be counting rocks sitting in the river there's so many different things that it looks like when we play outside it's playgrounds it's summoning mountains it's camping for three nights and just being unshowered and dirty it's spreading charcoal all over our faces because it's like skincare in nature it's all of the things we just love to be outside and i love who i am and i love who my kids become when we go out into nature and it's a big playground, right? And if you really use it the right way, it's so beneficial to imagination and mental health. And yeah, it's my happy place. I love that. And I have so many thoughts coming off of that. So you're a new mom now for the third time. 
Woo. And he's, yeah, tell us about Woo. that. Like, you have a five month of how, what's feeling like most present for you right now about that part of your life? Oh, gosh. I just feel like, unless you've been in the thick of this new mom postpartum thing, which you are so close to being there and experiencing it, it's so hard to describe. There's, especially because I'll say my oldest is 10. So I became a mom when I was 23. My middle child now is six. So we sent her off to kindergarten last year and then found out I was pregnant the next summer. And so we've got gaps between all of our kids, which is something really special in itself. Like I have had the privilege of being acquainted with who I am between each child. And I feel like each child has gotten a different person, right? A different mom just growing as I become. But like right now with with my youngest, it's our first boy. His name is Amari. And yeah, I just feel like there's such mundane moments and it's busy, but it's also boring. And we're learning again what it looks like to be a family of five and just like moving together as a larger unit. (laughs) And I just think that As a mom who nurses, I think that there's just so much that is in the day-to-day and my monotonous things that I am doing that is really comforting. I know what I can expect when I wake up in the morning, but it's also, I know what I can expect when I wake up in the morning. It's like a two-headed sword, but I just, I love the moments that I'm getting, watching my girls being older sisters and really stepping into their roles as, as daughters, as sisters. And it's just beautiful. I really, I can say that I never thought that we would be here. I can't say that I aspired to have three kids, but family planning is also not our specialty. My husband and I, we've been married for nine years and I just feel like everything is just, we're taking it one day at a time and really just like living in the moment and trying to be present. And so I'm just, I'm so excited that we have another baby that we can raise in the mountains and get outdoors, which we have. He's been hiking, he's been camping, he's I, my husband's trying to get us to go float the river and I'm like, oh, I'm, I don't know. I'm quite ready for that. Although my daughters did it at six months. We'll see. To be continued. I'll share that with you maybe if we decide to go do that with them. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's amazing. That sounds like so much fun when everyone's ready, of course. Chelsea, I'm curious. I think this is going to form the foundation for a lot of our conversation today. So I'm really curious to ask about your own upbringing and how nature and being outside played into that or didn't or what that was like growing up yourself and experiencing these outdoor times or moments and then how that shapes how you're raising your kids today. Yeah. So I catch myself when I have this question asked, I think, because I try and reframe it a lot because honestly, like I grew up in, I was born in San Diego. We moved to Tacoma when I was nine. And so a lot of my experiences, right, as a 90s kid living in a 90s world, we were outside all the time. In San Diego, it was super sunny. So my mom would just send us outside. Like we were roller skating or riding bikes, exploring in the canyon next to our house. There was a lot of moments where we spent time outdoors. It just didn't look like this traditional way of getting outside where we're, you know, doing something that has construct, right? Hiking, camping, biking, all of those things. And so I come away from saying, oh, I didn't grow up in the outdoors because I think we all did. 
right? There's a part of us as kids that we all have spent some time outside that it just could look different from this colonial way of spending time in in the outdoors and recreating or doing more of like the adventure sports. And yeah, I think growing up in Tacoma with Mount Rainier, Mount Tahoma as our background to all of the things that we did outdoors, I loved being outside. And I do remember certain times where my dad would take us fishing and hiking, camping, but it was not consistent. It was very sporadic. And a lot of the times it was spent doing with with my white friends from school or my white friends from church, I would just be a tag along and doing those things. And it brought me so much joy. And I appreciate their parents, them inviting me and doing those kinds of things, because I think it, it did lay the foundation for who I am today and how I want to raise my kids and instill in them this sense of belonging for being outdoors. But yeah, I think we had, there were five of us, right? Siblings. And so that's a lot. I can't even imagine, but it's a lot, right? As far as just like the monetary side of getting into the outdoors and your day passes and your campsite fees and all of the things. And so we didn't do a lot of that stuff consistently, but I always had a connection to nature and getting outside. And I think there were people in my life, including my mom and dad, that inspired that love for nature and laid that foundation for me to propel me into this parent that I am today. I appreciate the reframing there too. I think a lot of us are told like, oh, you didn't really grow up outside if you didn't grow up camping in a certain way or it's been, no, that's not the only, that's not the only definition. So I appreciate that reframe. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really important for a lot of people because coming into this industry and just starting She Colors Nature five years ago now, wild. I didn't think that I was outdoorsy. I had a hard time seeing myself as someone who people would want to listen to as far as being someone that was in the outdoor industry because all I had ever known growing up in the Pacific Northwest was just this ideal person or this ideal family. And it's predominantly white people getting into the outdoors and conquering things and being gnarly and like, being all doing all these epic things into the outdoors and I'm like no that's definitely not me like I like to chill and <laughs> like low-key in nature and just experience what it means to be outside and move through all of these things yes we snowboard and we mountain bike and all that stuff but I don't want to be an expert right I grew up being an athlete and so I'm, those things come naturally to me but I don't ever want myself or my kids to be so wrapped up in that that we forget you know, how, what it means to just exist in, in mother nature and in the most natural sense where it's benefiting our mental health and not making us feel like we need to compete for anything. Yeah. I love hearing that too. Cause I think very often it's, oh, if you mountain bike, then you're, are you trying to be a pro mountain biker? Or if you went outside, but you didn't suffer, was it, did it, was it worth it? And it's, wait, what? I don't think I had been until I also moved to the Pacific Northwest from the East coast where I like, just the energy and the culture that I was surrounded by was so different. I was like, what do you mean a suffer fest? What is this? I, in terms of mountaineering or something like that. Yeah. yeah, it's a totally different exposure. Definitely. But um, re reframing this idea of just like being a kid in the 90s and like spending sun up to sundown and your mom just like yelling out the porch, okay, time for dinner. And you come inside and you're dirty and you've had the best day ever. That's outdoorsy. 
Yeah, 100%. I miss that. (laughs) I know. Oh my gosh. Just the best. (laughs) Speaking of starting She Colors Nature five years ago, can you tell us about how did you come up with the name? I think there's different connotations that I've maybe read into, but I don't know if that was always your intention. What, how'd you come up with the name? What was your goal and what made you start it as like potentially a platform or were you just like naming yourself at the time and it went from there? Yeah. She colors nature is fun. My husband and I were literally just, we had gone on a camping trip and it was one of those moments that like an aha moment where we were just like, yeah. And again, I'm the only black and brown person in the whole campsite. There's got to be something to this. And we just started talking and I had some conversations with him about how it was really important for me to establish our kids relationship and connection with the outdoors. And he agreed, obviously, growing up in a rural area and loving all of the things that I like too. And I was like, I want to write about it. I want to blog about it. I want to connect and network with other people. Like maybe it's just the Washington thing. I need to like use the internet in a way that I can connect and make sure that there are other black and brown people getting outdoors. And so She Colors Nature just started as simple as that. I posted about who I am, where I was, what I like to do. And then I introduced at that time I had C and Edda and they were just little, very little still in my hiking pack. And I established my importance of getting my kids outside and, you know, how that felt really different because I didn't see a lot of people that looked like me doing that. Not on the internet, not in real life, just it wasn't happening, or at least I wasn't seeing it. And so I just put my feelers out on She Colors Nature, not not expecting a platform, like actually being very content and happy with just like 400 followers of people who were like excited about the things that I was excited about. This was 2019. Fast forward into 2020, I just went public with my thoughts and my feelings of the things that were going on with George Floyd, some of the uprising, social injustice that we are facing and seeing in, in the outdoor industry every single day, calling in brands, people with larger platforms than mine, surely, on the things that we're just, we're missing. Like there are black and brown people who are just non-existent within the outdoor industry. And it's almost like a, it was a willing blind eye that everybody was seeing and my small little community turned into a platform that that you see today and yeah I think that it's interesting like I I still am not sure the direction that I want to take she colors nature and so I think this part is a bit hard because (laughs) now that I have a little baby again I'm just yeah in this place of just not knowing But of course, like I said, when I started She Colors Nature, it was simply to connect and to network and build a community of people who saw themselves in the outdoors and recognize the importance of representation. She Colors Nature in itself is a language thing. So again, just reframing and a play on words. I use she, her pronouns. I think of when back in the 60s where people referred to people, to Black people as colored people. And so... I used that and took that and made it into a positive reframe where we're coloring the outdoors and making nature and the outdoor space a beautiful thing when we come into it and step into this space and take up space. 
And so, yeah, I think that for me, it's just like I am coloring nature and I want other people to do it as well. And yeah, I think that there's a two-headed stone on that one as far as like thinking of it as something taking negative and turning it into a positive and of course, just like existing and taking up space in nature. No, I thank you for that, Chelsea. I love the focus on language and reframing as you've done already in this conversation. And it really feels like you're, you, whether, you, whether or not you set out to do this originally, you are teaching and educating so many people in this space. And I'm curious, both the, the positives and negatives of that, whatever you're willing to share, like both kind of the beauty of having folks in conversation together, and then also some of like the challenges that you face. And I'm sure that's an immense question with lots of nuance and rabbit holes, but just it feels like what an experience I can't imagine. So I was just curious if you could talk more about that online community and the conversations that you've started to create and how that feels to be in community with other folks that maybe you've never met. Honestly, that probably happens a lot, I'm guessing. Yeah, online communities are so interesting in so many ways. Like you said, there are ups and there are downs. And I think in the type of work that I do using Instagram as a tool to connect people, to connect myself to people, to chat and just be in community with other black and brown people. And for me, that's super important because I live in a rural community where it's 85% white people and black African-American people take up like less than 3%. So for me, Street Colors Nature was a breath of fresh air, just like a lifeline that I didn't really know that I needed because it has connected me to so many other Black, Brown, Indigenous people who are recreating in the outdoors and have been doing it, right? And do it whether they're on Instagram or not. And it's been a huge uplift for me. And I know I mentioned before, like, the gaps between all of my kids. I feel like I've been pivoting. I feel like I've been growing, changing and reconnecting and finding myself. And I think She Colors Nature, after I had my middle child, Edda, in 2017, was a huge part of that. And it propelled us into this community of people doing group hikes and trash cleanup crews and into 2020, where we were aiding in the Black Lives Matter movement in little rural Leavenworth, Washington. And then opened up the door that opened up the doors to so many different things where we have made a film where we were working with a local filmmaker, Aaron Joy, and created Expedition Reclamation, where I got to be on production for the first time ever, talking with 12 Washington-based Black, Indigenous, and women of color about their experience in the outdoors. And I can't even put into words three years later. <laughs> At the film is out and we've done screenings and distribution, like how moving that was and how much I needed that, how much they needed that. And just there's the power of documentaries and the power of telling your story. And I think for me and both my daughters watching me and being a huge part of She Colors Nature, not only in, in the connections and getting to see what we can do and how we can connect with the outdoors. And a byproduct of that is them getting to learn how to mountain bike and paddleboard and snowboard and having all of these opportunities that we may not have had had I been quiet in 2019 and in 2020. It's just a really cool thing. And fast forward 10 or 15 years, I'm not quite sure 
what they will think of, you know, what all of this time and in this time frame, I think that they will maybe use their resources. Maybe they will become athletes in the outdoors. I'm not quite sure what they will be doing. I'm sure it'll be something where they're advocating for the planet over something because they're so jazzed about all the things that we talk about on She Colors Nature. But I just think that it's, I think it's really cool that we've been able to utilize the internet in a positive way. I think the biggest downfall or a con or something that has been negative has just been finding a balance with being a mother of three and wanting to continue to build this community out and and to actually be in physical space with the people that I encounter on online and the people a part of the film project. It's a hard balance, right? Of course, I would want to be doing all of the things all of the time. But then I have to remember that like my job, my first job right now that even got me to She Colors Nature is being a mother and I stay at home and that's why we can do all of these really fun things is because I'm home and I'm present 100% of the time. And yeah, I think that there's a double-edged sword of just finding balance between motherhood and she colors nature. And yeah, not everything is content, right? Just making sure that like my kids get me when we're outside and sometimes we're making videos and doing fun things. And sometimes I just tuck my phone away and just try and be present and again just exist with them outside in nature without it being something that gets posted on she colors nature so it's just yeah finding a balance and of course a lot of the topics of the advocacy and community building and holding white outdoor community members accountable those topics are heavy right so i think that what people don't see on the other side of this is that there's a lot of joy and freedom and liberation that comes from sharing things in about me getting outdoors with my kids. But then there's the downside that is that these topics of being black and outdoors and our historical relevancy of just, you know, not being welcome in these spaces and me going outdoors and being the only black woman at a campsite or the only black woman on the trail or the only black woman at this outdoor retreat that's it's heavy it's sad there are a, a lot of parts that I don't share but there I think that people just forget this is hard but it's hard work and I think being in someone who is in the advocacy work would know like these things are it's hard and it's even harder when you don't see the needle being pushed as far or as fast as you would like it to be no yeah <laughs> so well said I think people I should say specifically white people, but even I just think that very often people forget that it is still hard, like to be the only one. And there's not one specific reason why, but it does wear on you over time to look around time and time again and be like, it's just me or it's just me and my kids. And what does that mean in terms of them having that experience? Like you want them to have that experience. And then you're also like, yeah, this balance. It's hard to find the balance without also having this other role of mother. And as the story shares well, I, I think people forget like how much you take on. Like I've had shoots where I'm driving back in my car afterwards bawling just because of so much of someone else's story, like that you're taking on processing and then figuring out how to respectfully and 
bring that back into the world in a way. And I think everyone has to choose their own tones and their own way of sharing. And like you said, there's a lot that you don't share that just that you just have to take in and hold and process in your own way, which I think you're right. It doesn't, it's not known that's a part of what it means to put yourself out there and create this platform and those kinds of things. And I think a lot of times people are like, oh, they're just like influencers who get free gear and get to like adventure all the time and are probably like making bank because of their posts. It's like all this assumption around like what the lifestyle is and there's a lot of hard that's in there that maybe isn't always shared. So I, I just appreciate you sharing some of that hard and some of that balance too because I think the amount, the emotional toll isn't really widely understood. Hey all, so you may know of Lululemon mainly from yoga, but did you know they also make things for hiking and running? We got to do some gear testing on the side of these episodes and got to see much of the hike and run collection, so be sure to check it out. The other cool thing we wanted to share with you is that Lululemon just announced a new initiative, Further, that celebrates human possibility and demonstrates how far women can go when they're supported with resources and product innovations typically reserved for men. The initiative will culminate in a multi-day ultramarathon that begins on International Women's Day, March 8, 2024. Further will also include components like a holistic scientific research program addressing the existing sex and gender data gap on endurance performance, new women-first product innovations, community activations, and a give-back program to support young women. Learn more via lululemon.com story run further. And stay tuned for future episodes that will feature athletes from the Further Initiative. Yeah, and I, I think my social media presence is unique in the sense that it started off one way I shared just what was really important to me and I think that as beautiful as that moment was like the algorithm like wants that right like it wants me to be sharing these like really hard things and I don't know sometimes I just get so disgusted because I'm like oh, my, my community wants to hear this hard, the hard parts. And then I'll make something that's fun and joyful and like celebrating Black liberation and freedom and movement and outdoors and just the connection with kids. And then it's two views. And I'm just like, this feels like real life. Like people just love pain and suffering, right? When I'm just like, there's so much more to Black, Indigenous and people of color getting in the outdoors than pain and suffering. Like on the tailhead, there are joyful moments. There is deep connection to other people who look like us in the outdoors. There's, I don't know, there's happiness, right? In my day to day. But I just feel like that's not always what people are looking for. And I think that's where the balance comes in, where I just have to be okay with a little bit of that. Yeah, the algorithm loves negativity. They're just like, that's what they want. But yeah, I wanted to ask you some questions about your children as I am 
I have two bonus sons and I'm four days out from my <laughs> due date. So who knows? I think by the time this comes out, I'll have a little one. One of the things that I deal with the boys is I'm often, if I'm like, we're going camping, we're going hiking, we're doing this thing. They're like immediately like suspicious. They're like, oh man, how much of my day is this going to take? I don't want to <laughs> go. Man, there's not going to be Wi-Fi at that place. And then they're there and they have a blast. And if we're coming home, they're like, wait, are we leaving already? And I'm like, why do I have to do this every time? But I think there's so many people that the, it is different. Like I also, I'm very lucky. I grew up like part of my life in suburbs where I could play all day, like you said, and come home for dinner or have like everyone knew everyone else's parents and friends. And we were running through other people's backyards without any fear or anything like that, which just culturally seems to not exist in the same way now as it did for us as kids. But what, what's your, what's it like for you bringing your kiddos out? And I don't know, like, what do you think, what do you get asked the most too from other parents who are trying to navigate, like how to parent with this contingent of nature in their lives? Okay. Can I just ask, how old are your boys? Oh my gosh. So <laughs> 10 and 13. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Oh man, I love that. <laughs> so the girls, I would say they, they've grown up in the mountains and they've grown up doing these things. I think both my daughters, again, were on the river floating with us by six months old with their little life jackets up around their <laughs> their necks, just like falling asleep on the raft and, you know, hiking pretty early and so a lot all of the all that they know is are the things that we have presented to them as like fun and leisure time and a lot of it is oh we don't really have much to do so let's go hiking or we have a free weekend let's go camping and again it's just like being really consistent and unlike your boys I don't have to persuade them to go hiking I think now at this point they're more like the ones leading and pressing for outdoor time, even though we do it often, as you see, like it's very, I'm transparent on Instagram to the sense that we spend a lot of time outside and it has a lot to do with our proximity to nature. Like our closest trails and mountain biking trails and camping is all within 15 to 20 minutes away when we're just in the Okanagan Wenatchee National Forest. And so it it's always like, in our face in close proximity and so like they know the names of our local trails that we can get to easily and they're like mom let's go hike the red bridge trail mom let's go to the pentacles mom let's go do saddle rock they are very much pushing and bringing me along it feels like sometimes or i'm like but the baby can you just can i have a morning where we're just like laying around snuggling and napping and they're just like no let's go it's a part of what we do it's like an integral part of my relationship to my husband my relationship to my kids my relationship to my community people just know that if we're going to hang out we're probably going to be on a trail <laughs> in a park somewhere or meet me at the river and so i think that it's about establishing this foundation of getting outside it could be a playground, right? It doesn't have to be anything too wild as far as like being in the mountains all the time, but just like 
spending time in nature, whatever that looks like to you. And I think that establishing it at a very young age, all of these things that we know and that we've carried with us through our life are things that were integrated into our childhood. And I think that parts of me, the person who I am now, the parent who I aspire to be, was integrated in into my childhood through my mom and my dad. Following off of that, I'm curious, Chelsea, how the 30 minutes a day philosophy came about. What was the, what kind of propelled the 30 minutes a day philosophy? I'm curious. I think that I was just in a place postpartum after having my, I guess it was, yeah, just having my daughter. She was born in Colorado. We lived there very briefly. And then we moved to Leavenworth and she was four months old and I knew no one upon moving here. And I got invited out to hike and it's just, it's what people do around here, right? It's the, it's a very rural outdoor focused community of people and parents. And yeah, we, I think not really this, just this unspoken rule of getting outside every day of just, if it's not me taking them outside, it's dad. If it's not dad, then it's the time they get when they're at school. Both my kids are in public school. You know, being on the PTO, just advocating for their time outside and their outdoor classroom being built and making sure we fund that so that can be a priority in our elementary schools. It's just been something that has been really important to me, I think, from having a child. Faith, you're about to move through this journey. It's a doozy. <laughs> and it is something that like is so beautiful, but also it just can be hard. And so I think for me, getting outside was a priority with or without my kids. And so after I had Sienna, my oldest, it was a priority for me to get outside with her. It was a priority for me to get outside with my husband. It was a priority for me to have some girl time and also to hike and do all of those things that I can do with them alone and to do it solo. And that nurtured my postpartum journey so much and created some really great mental health practices. And one of them was 30 minutes outside every single day. And that could look like sitting on my back porch and just like staring up at the sky. That could look like spending time in the garden. That could look like going for a walk around our little local loops that we have, going to a trail that could look like camping. It really was the sky's the limit on my preferences, but just really just getting outside, stepping away from the dishes and the laundry. All of those things will be there when you get back, unfortunately. And just getting outside, breathing some fresh air, moving my body. And it's looked like a lot of different things over the years. I trail ran, I did some half, half marathons, working towards summiting 14ers. I tried and am hoping to get back into mountain biking. Yeah, just learning how to snowboard and all of these things. They're just, it's so fun getting outside. I really, people who don't get outside, I hope that you do after listening to this podcast because it, there's just so many mental health benefits. Like I could be in the worst mood of all time and I just set everything down, load up the kids, get outside. And it's just like, by the time we get back, we're laughing and we're willing to clean the house and we're working together to get dinner made. It's just like, a light switch, right? As soon as you get outside and get back in, it's just, okay, I can do this. <laughs> My family's not out to get me. I'm fine. <laughs> I love that. I also love it for the 30 minute 
part of it because it doesn't always have to be like an all day slog. I think that's what <laughs> for me with the boys, with it being like not brand new. I mean, their dad like started hiking with them on the earlier side, but it's always, always like, how intense is this going to be? <laughs> Which is fun. Right. But, but you made me think of two things. One, I remember early on working on a, a film when I was in grad school about nerding out on penny farthing bicycles because those are the big wheel in the front, small wheel in the back because I've always been into bikes. But the guy being like the owner of the Devil's Gear bike shop in New Haven, Connecticut was like, how can you not be happy when you're on a bike? You're just, you like immediately go back to little kid dumb. And so, yeah, it just made me think of that. Like when you're outside, it's like you just immediately revert back to this like little happy state a lot of the time when you're doing it like in a way that you want to but it also made me think about storytelling which you mentioned expedition reclamation and i know now you're like the co-founder of brave space media can you talk about that transition into being in production and really wanting to yeah have that be a part of your life as well because i was i'll say i don't think i had yeah, speaking of spaces where there was no one else that looked like you, like be being in a lot of the outdoor film festivals, I was very often the only Black woman there who was involved in the production. There might be someone that had been a speaker or a panelist or something like that, but I realized when someone points out to me, they're like, don't leave the outdoor community because there's only four BIPOC people and you're the only director and you're the only Black woman that's here. And I was like, oh my gosh, is that true? So when I saw Brave Space Media and increasingly as I've seen, like I've been able to help other people get films made, it's been really exciting to not feel like that loneliness. But what's your journey been of like becoming, moving into that side of things as well? Yeah, so I am all about the invitation, right? I think like for me, that's what it took. I never saw myself being on the filmmaking side of things. My creative kind of stopped with Instagram and making taking photos and making reels and all of that which actually didn't even exist at the time <laughs> how far we've come but yeah my invitation that came from a local friend and filmmaker Aaron Joy and then branching out and inviting Sanjana Stakar she was in Utah and is now in California but having a team of women to just really dig deep and obviously like the production company's name is brave space because we worked really hard to create a brave space working with as a multicultural team and so i just i loved being on production we created expedition reclamation and we got to we allowed each person to choose their activity and then we got to go on production with them and just capture them in their happiest places. And there was just something so beautiful about that being my first experience behind the camera because I obviously recognized as I started going to film festivals that our film was one of a kind as we were started like rolling out and doing these things. But again, yeah, just being one of the only Black women in at the film festival and the film being one of the only, which things are starting to change and open it up a little bit now. But at the time, it's just, it was a one of a kind. And so I just think I love that was my experience coming into the film world of just, this is all I know. And we stand for representation. We stand for diverse voices. We want to create space for more 
storytelling behind the scenes and in, in front of the camera and just recognizing that there are so many untold stories. It's just incredible. And so I think for me, it's all I know as a filmmaker. And it's what I definitely can say that I inspired to create more and do more storytelling around this as I move forward and get my bearings past postpartum. I would love to create more films and be on production. We, Aaron, Sanj, and I went to Chicago on a project with Outbound Collective. And it was just in Chicago, we were going to do some storytelling. And I had never been on a team production, all women traveling and just like getting these really awesome stories, inspiring people to go in the city to get out and find these diverse groups of people who are getting outdoors. And I had so much fun. Like it was probably the most fun that I've had in a really long time. And it was being behind the camera, community building with the character and their friends and just like meeting people and being like really just like fun and intimate. And obviously, again, like seeing people in their best element and capturing that on film, asking really important questions and learning so much just from these people in a different state experiencing different things. It's the best way of storytelling. It's like the coolest part of, I, I don't know, I think filmmakers, podcast hosts should just make millions because it is always so entertaining. And it's just the best way to hear and tell someone's story is when you can get them behind the camera and to create a brave space and to just experience their life through a lens that you probably wouldn't. Otherwise, I just think it's a really cool way of experiencing a person and a community. I like your proposed business model for filmmakers and podcast hosts. No, but I love Chelsea too. Your your conversations around bravery and being brave and like that definition for you. I think that's been really powerful to follow along with over the years. And we also all the time talk about representation in front of and behind the lens. That's something that like I've learned so much from Faith about. And I've also learned from folks like you and others that I follow and look up to in the space around like how important, of course, how important that is to when we talk about diversifying spaces. Let's talk about who's behind the camera here and how we're telling those stories or how we're sharing stories that also maybe are shared in a deeper way, in a different and deeper and potentially more authentic way. I think if there's someone who looks like you behind the lens kind of thing, really amazing work that you do. And on on the note of media creation, I also Wanted to ask you about the Instagram Live series that you do, Real Talk, how that came to be and how why that feels special to you. Yeah. So, yeah, Real Talk is just an Instagram live that I have been hosting through my social media and it highlights the stories of Black, Indigenous and women of color who love to get outdoors. And more recently, it has been focused on Black, Indigenous-led organizations, people who are creating communities like mine and getting people outdoors and connected. And I think for me, kind of practicing what I preach of just the importance of representation and sharing the mic with people who are underrepresented in the outdoors. And I feel like a lot of the time, unless you're deep in the industry, there are people, organizations, groups popping up all the time, everywhere in different cities and different places. And I think that working to use my platform through this Instagram live show 
to make sure that people are aware that, again, like there are Black, Indigenous and people of color who get outdoors and this is what they do and this is what they're passionate about. And then branching off and learning more about how they came into the space and what inspires them, who inspires them, and just really getting to know them again through a public eye and hoping that people will support them and follow them and just uplift them in ways right alongside me. It's been such a fun way to use Instagram again. Like it is just one big tool for networking and community building. And I think that that was just another way for me to really reach out and branch out and yeah, meet other people who are in the same space as me. Yeah, very cool. It's it's cool to see the different ways that you're using. And I like how you say it's a tool because it can be such a like all consuming space. And I think it's a good reminder of it is a tool <laughs> and, and it also is just that. And it's important to like, as you said, put the phone away too and be like nurturing and nourishing yourself. What else? Is there anything else that you're like, oh, I wish they asked me about this or I really want to talk about this or just something that's been like top of mind for you recently that you've been marinating on? Yeah, I think as far as, yeah, things that I would love to talk about. We hit a lot of topics today. <laughs> I, I <know. laughs> You guys did a fabulous job in getting me to reconnect and think about some of these things. As I mentioned, I'm about 20 weeks postpartum and haven't been in this world of communicating and using language that builds and uplifts people so much. And I've just been in the tunnel of nursing and slobber and <laughs> changing diapers. And so it's been really energizing just connecting with you guys and really working to remember why I'm here and why I started She Colors Nature to begin with because in the in the Instagram world and the algorithm and all that it's easy to lose your mission not just falling into this trap of influencing but also remembering that I'm an advocate and someone who is working towards a better outdoor space and inviting people into the outdoors in the hopes that the community that is there will be welcoming and that they find the same sense of belonging that I found when I got started yeah I love that. I'm really grateful to you. It's been very cool to have you be like five months in front of me and be like, okay, that's how they took Amari camping. Okay, cool. It just, I don't know, for me watching it, it has made a lot of it feel a lot more doable as I'm like coming up on this time. And I know I'm not the only one that feels that way. So I appreciate you all, the your whole family sharing that part of yourselves with us on the internet because it, it's definitely been something that's been very motivating in addition to just in general over the years like seeing how you talk about these hard things and with so much like strength and bravery because I know what it's like also to be like typing something and be like oh am I ready to put this out there what's the pushback gonna be or I've done the post and walk away thing and just hope for the best because I know people have a lot of opinions. So thanks for that brave space that you're also exemplifying for other people. Yes. And I'm such a huge advocate too for just ignoring all the things that people are saying on the internet and just get out there with your family and try it for yourself. Every, everything that I put on my Instagram, I'm like, but, but this might not work for someone else is really leaning into what works for you and getting out there at your own pace and recognizing that I lived out 
all the details about what went wrong because there were so many things that definitely probably went wrong on our camp trip and what I could have done better and so on. But yeah, like so much of my experience as a black woman and getting it into the outdoors has been trial and error. And I think that's the big fun part of it too, is just knowing that I'm not perfect. I'm not an expert. I'm still failing, falling and getting back up. And I just, yeah, inspire so many people to do the same thing. And you can learn from your mistakes and just recognize that like it might appear this way on social media, but until you get out there and start trying it, if it's something that you want to do, like you, you will learn and you'll do it your way. And it's probably better than what I could have come up with anyways. I love that part. Thanks so much to Chelsea for joining us on the trail ahead. You can follow her at she underscore colors nature on Instagram and learn more about her as well as read more of her writing at shecolorsnature.com. You can also find more at bravespaceproject.org. Don't forget to check out trailaheadpodcast.com for our short video profiles about Chelsea and each of our guests, which you can also find at at trailahead underscore podcast on Instagram. The Trail Ahead is created, produced, and hosted by us, Faith E. Briggs and Addie Thompson. Misty Avenger is our editor and sound designer. Podcast art is by Shar Tuiasawa. Check her out on Instagram at Punky Aloha. And special thanks to the team at Lululemon for their support and for the imagery accompanying this episode. Our theme music is a track called All Is Forgiven by the band Alakazam, the lead singer of which is our season one guest, Salema Masakela. We'll link to them in the show notes too. Our theme music is a track called All Is Forgiven by the band Alakazam, the lead singer of which is our season one guest, Salema Masakela. We'll link to them in the show notes too. Thank you also to our team on the visual side. Our video for this episode is filmed by Aaron Joy Nash and was edited by Jillian Sorrell at Cartel TV. Our still images are captured by Sophie Rutherford. For updates and additional links, visit trailaheadpodcast.com. You can also leave us a voicemail there. If you like what you hear, please send us a note via Instagram at at trailahead underscore podcast and subscribe. Please also consider checking out our Patreon at patreon.com slash the trailahead. Thank you for listening and for spreading the word. Don't forget to check out the video profiles we make about each of our guests. And to all of our incredible guests, thank you. You make the world better. See you next episode.